This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Whiskey, Jazz, and Leadership Podcast. Subscribe now so you don't miss a drop of straight talk you can't get anywhere else. We discuss the whiskeys to drink, music to listen to, and what it really takes to be an effective leader. I'm your host, Galen Bingham, the leadership strategist. Tonight's guest, multidiscipline entrepreneur and top 10 professional basketball player in Thailand, Michael Baptiste. Hey, what you drinking? I love watching videos of other basketball superstars, basketball legends talk about their interaction, specifically with Kobe, because they talk about how anytime they would meet Kobe, he always wanted to play them one-on-one. And they thought that it was just a friendly game of one-on-one, that Kobe was a fan, specifically early in his career. And so they just want, he wanted to play one-on-one. But in reality, he was doing exactly what you were saying. He was learning how they do what they do. He, he studied with Akeem Olajuwon, who is arguably one of the best centers who ever played the game. Definitely, because I've also heard him in the conversation about being, if he's not one of the best centers, he's definitely one of the best four, four positions in the game. But his footwork was so immaculate that guys today, players today, they will spend money to spend time with Akeem Olajuwon to learn his footwork, and they will walk away still not knowing fully how he does what he does. But Kobe Bryant... (laughs) spent an extended weekend learning from Akeem Olajuwon. He spent all-star break time learning defense from Gary Payton, who was arguably one of the, the one of the coldest locked defenders to ever play the game. Kobe Bryant spent time learning from Gary Payton. Kobe Bryant arguably famously spent time learning from Michael Jordan. He he never backed down from a challenge and he was always trying to learn people. Uh, so it, I had not heard this, but it does not surprise me that he was, he was locked into your psychographics as well. How, how does that translate to the work world for you? It's, it's one thing to see that there's a player. My, my, my dad used to say, uh, when you go out there on the basketball court, and you look into the eyes of the other player, you know in your heart of hearts whether or not they're a better player than you if you play straight up basketball. And if you decide that they're a better player than you, you've got to do something other than playing straight up basketball or else you're going to lose. And so how do you translate some of the work ethic that was easy to see on the basketball court how do you translate that to what you do professionally in, in the in the business world? Yeah, that's a great question. The first thing that I do 
is I look at the principle rather than like the uh, what's in front of me on the table or the, the, the workload, so to speak. I look at the principle of effort, hard work, mama mentality, right? And so when I, when I look at it from a principle perspective, I can take those principles and apply them to whatever I'm doing. So they kind of serve as like a foundation of how I'm going to act and behave and carry myself or whatever activity it is. That's the first thing. So the principles are what? Hard work, you know, discipline, um, you know, put the most into every shot, right? Focus on making every shot, um, you know, focus on, you know, doing the most with every single rep, paying attention to the very small, intricate details of every single yeah, every single step, right? Every single action is like every single detail matters. And so when we take a look at those principles, right, of uh, of being a great basketball player, being a great athlete, and if we take those same principles and apply them to a business, well, the business requires what? You got to work hard. You got to be there. You got to be disciplined to make sure you do the things every day that needs to be done for the business. You have to, you know, make sure you're marketing, make sure you're advertising, make sure you're selling product, you know, communicate with the customers, make sure they're satisfied, make sure they, you know, you keep them coming back. Or referring new customers, and, and and if we we look at like these these activities that are required to make a business run successfully, well, you can work hard at all these things and put in extra effort, right? Um, a person can, you can pay attention to all the small details. So whether that be crossing out the T's or putting a dot over the I, or, or whether that be making sure each customer has a, you know, you write their name on a gift card and send it to them, or or it could be even make sure every customer gets an email, and in that email it has like their name or their birthday or something personalized, right? Um, but that's uh, paying attention to the small details. Uh, another thing could be, you know, focus on making every single shot. It's the same thing as like focus on selling every single uh, prospect that you talk to. Even though you're not going to sell every person, if you focus on on like um, you know, bringing, bringing, you know, getting the deal, right, that's going to put you in positions to get more deals if you focus on that. So those are just a few examples of like principles and how I apply them to business. So one of the things that really, really helped me be successful above anything else is applying the mama mentality. Now with the mama mentality, that's just a mentality where like, you're gonna be your best self, you're gonna be your greatest self, um, you're gonna give it all you got, you're gonna do the most you can every time you can, you're, you're gonna pick up every stone, un- look at, look underneath and try to, you know, see what's under it, and you're gonna like, you're gonna, you're gonna do the most you can, but not only the most you can, but you're gonna absolutely kill the competition. You're gonna just kill one bite, like one, that's it, there, there's no, no discussion. Like whoever whoever's trying to stop this will get eliminated because that's a part of the mama mentality. For me, that served me tremendously in business because there's been so many times where we didn't have the money, we didn't have the resources, we don't have the connection, we don't got the person to open the door, we don't got the the corporate account yet. Um, you know, we don't we don't got the credit card, we don't got the credit score. Like you you name it. There's just been so many things that have happened along the way where it's like, okay, well we can let this thing right here stop us, but we kept going. Why do we keep going? Well, for me personally. The mama mentality, you know, you're down 15 points. Your team needs to come back. You got to do what you got to do. You, you, you're in a weight room. You're halfway through the workout, but you just threw up. You just puke your life away. You got to finish the workout. Well, you got to go back and keep working out, right? It's like when, when those difficult moments happen, the mama mentality is something to where it's like, look, embrace the difficulty, feel the pain, embrace the pain, push through the pain, get to the other side. On the other side is that championship trophy. It's that reward. It's that hall of fame, whatever it is for you. Like you must get through it though. And so the mama mentality has really helped me in all of these years of just everything from success, failure, temporary defeat, achieving goals, whatever it is, using the mama mentality has, has been instrumental in my success as an entrepreneur. And honestly, like if, if I did not learn the mama mentality from Kobe Bryant, I would not be successful. It, it, like I would not be at the level of success that I am because I know I would have quit. 
I would have gave up. I would I would have said, ah, this is too hard. Man, <laughs> let me go. Let me go get a day job. This is this is too much. I'm done. This too, I'm good. Like I I would have done that had I not adopted that that mama mentality from Kobe Bryant. So uh, you know, um, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. But uh, yeah, that that is how I translate those basketball skills and and uh, principles into the business world. Well, you know, one of the authors that really helped me understand what was underneath the Mamba mentality is an author by the name of Tim Grover. And Tim Grover happens to be, uh, he happened to be the personal trainer for Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, but then all of the elite players at the top of their game, he, he, you know, Tim would say, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the player that I'm not the trainer that you call when you're trying to get someone in shape. I'm the player you call when you've tried everything and nothing else has worked and you need something fixed by tomorrow. That's when you call me. And he wrote a couple of books, but the book that locked that locked into my psychology uh, is Relentless, where he says that the difference between good players and great players is that great players aren't afraid of the dark side. And uh, and l- let's talk a little bit about what what he means by the dark side. You know, all of us have this way of doing what we do that is polite, that is respectful, that is honorable, and we kind of know where the line is that we dare not cross. We we know what going too far might look like. Uh, but Tim Grover says that the dark side is when you're not afraid to go too far in pursuit of this thing that you have decided that you want to have. And he said that, back to your point, when when Kobe Bryant created the, the uh, persona of the Black Mamba, that was his giving himself permission to go too far <laughs> in pursuit of winning the basketball game, whatever the case is. Uh, Kobe Bryant famously said, and I want to get your reaction to this. This, for me, this sums up the Mamba mentality for me. Kobe Bryant said, when I am playing against you, I am not just trying to beat you. I'm trying to get you to reconsider your life choice to play basketball. <laughs> he's like, he, he's trying to get that 14-year-old kid to question what's going on right now. And that's going too far, right? That's not polite. That's not gentle. But that's the Mamba mentality. What's your reaction to, and I'm sure you've heard that, but what's your reaction to this idea that I'm not just trying to beat you. I'm trying to convince you that basketball might not be your sport. Man. Woo. I, so me personally, because I'm a Kobe Bryant fan and uh, Kobe Bryant, you know, just follower or uh, you know product product of his, his thought modalities um I, I love it I love it I think that as a, as a killer um, like you need to be feared in some degree right for for your your killing capabilities and if you're not putting that type of fear in people then you're not that killer like you're not that that uh that you're not the black mamba like you're you're a garden snake you know what I mean <laughs> so I, I I love I love that thought process because that is what has helped him become great. And uh, a lot of times, even me when I, when I'm playing against somebody, like my mindset is like, "Yo, you don't you don't deserve to be dribbling the basketball in front of me. Like I'm gonna take it from you." 
and if you're in front of me on, 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 you know, you're defending me, you're invisible, you're invisible to me. So like, I, I love it because when I, when I play basketball, um, especially at a, at a competitive level, I like to let guys know like, yo, you, you, you should ask your coach to, to sub you. Like you should ask coach to change your position or change your assignment today. You know, it's, it's so funny. I remember I was playing against the number one leading scorer in Thailand. Right. And I got, and I got this mindset. It's like, Oh, you, the be- Oh, you think you're the best in your team. Oh, you're going to ask, Oh, you're going to ask coach for a sub today, bro. You're going to ask, you're going to ask your coach for help today. Cause I'm, I'm bringing you absolute hell. Like you will suffer because I'm guarding you. You know what I mean? And, um, and I remember um, playing against the number one leading scorer in Thailand. First time I played against him, he was like, he was like, wait, why are you playing defense on me? Nobody, everybody's usually afraid to play defense on me. Like, what, what's going on there? And I was, you know, ripping them, making it tough for them. At the end of, at the, end of the second game, no, b- before we played our second game, so the first game was away, second game was home. He came up to me and, no, no, it was after the game. Sorry, it was after the game. He, he came up to me. He was like, yo, bro, like, good game, much respect. I ain't gonna lie to you. I was, I was, I was thinking about you, bro, before before we came up here, and I was a little nervous, bro, because you, you, uh. and I was like, yes, I accomplished my objective. Like, this is the number one scorer in Thailand. I give him problems, I give him absolute issues, and he does not like it. Every time he plays, he's like, dude, just, just go over there. Like, he he tells his team to pass the ball away. He's trying to get a bunch of screens to get me off of him because I use the Mamba mentality, you know, when I play against him. So, um. But that's just one story. Like, so what Kobe Bryant says about trying to get you to reconsider basketball, I do my best to do that as well. Sometimes they're not always successful. But in this example, I just shared about the number one scorer in Thailand who he sees me in his nightmares. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's, yeah, like I, I, I think that's what it's about. Like when you get to higher levels, because again, guys are just as strong as you. They're just as fast as you. It's like what separates you is that, that mindset and being able to go to that dark side, being able to get into that space of, Okay, I'm just here to kill. No emotions about killing. You know, chop their head off the body and step over the body. Like to get into that mindset, um, I, I think that's the only way to, to to get to that next level of greatness. And um, so yeah, love what Kobe Bryant talks about there. I think it's uh, you know, we should always remember this is basketball, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go into the streets and <laughs> take out guns and yeah. do that. But for basketball, no, definitely having that killer mindset is. Uh, I love it. I love how Kobe Bryant puts that out there. Now, I'll I'll tell you, uh, again, bringing this back into jazz, because um, one of my one of my mentors, you you guys have heard me talk about Mr. Stan Hutchin and anyone with some time at the Coca-Cola company, they they will recognize that name. And I I remember I had left the Coca-Cola company. I was I was in another organization, a more significant leadership role, and we were having some challenges with my team, with my organization. So I called Stan to get his advice and was asking him, yeah, Stan, here's the situation. This is what I'm up against. This is what I'm thinking about doing. You know, what's your thoughts? And he, he gave me some some advice. But then after he gave me some tactical advice, he stepped back and he said, you know, hey, Galen, much of leadership is about instincts. It's about following your instincts and doing what you know and what you believe you need to do in that moment. And if you have to take a step back and think too much, you might miss the opportunity and you won't show up authentically. So yeah, I mean, ask people what they might do, get some advice, but at the end of the day, you've got to trust 
your instincts. And so I could see um, a, a, a parallel between that piece of advice in business to being effective on the basketball court, right? And uh, being effective as a, as a, as a jazz musician. Uh, you know, Miles Davis uh, famously said that in order to be a great jazz musician, you've got to learn everything you can and then forget everything that you learn and just show up and play. So how, how does that, that instinct, how important is instinct to you for the work that you that you do now and for how you were able to be so successful on the basketball court? First, I'll start with the business and then we'll go into basketball. So for me, instinctually, I always had this feeling that if I can sell something that people consume every day, they wear every day, they drink or they eat or they like think about every day, then I can put myself in position to where I can produce income, money, revenue every day. So for me, instinctually, I always kind of try to find businesses where there was a, a need for it. And if the need wasn't going away, it wasn't dissipating, it was going to be a, a consistent ever, evergreen need. The first business um, that I got into was internet marketing. The reason I, I, I knew that this was a need because everybody's going to be on the internet. Everybody's trying to you know, get their business out there. And no matter what I do, people will constantly be looking to promote their business, promote what they're, what they're selling. And there's no getting around that for the rest of time. And this is the future. So instinctually, I kind of knew, okay, everybody, you know, the, the future is going towards technology. Everybody's trying to get on the internet, right? And eventually I think businesses will be online. So if I get into this now, 10 years from now, I'll be in a better position. And so instinctually that like my instincts led me to like go all in with internet marketing. And uh, it's allowed me to create a business that's, that's allowed me to travel and, you know, live life on my terms to position myself to be seen, right? In the, in the context of like basketball and, and allowing that career to, to go where it could go. But, I, but my instincts told me, hey, the internet's gonna grow, grow and be bigger. Businesses will need help with it. And if you go in this direction, that could be something. And eventually it has led me to multiple opportunities and ventures and whatnot, um, which allowed me to become successful because instinctually uh, I, I took a look at where things are and where things are going. So the other thing I'll say from instincts, you know, looking at the, the the landscape right now of technology and what's happening, artificial intelligence is not going anywhere. Um, and it's something that we all should be at least learning about, if not using already, or, or if not monetizing already. You sh we should be learning about artificial intelligence because this is the future. Robotics. Robotics is something that, you know, no matter what you want to do, like you have a car, don't you? You got an iPhone or Android or laptop. Okay, those are robots and you use them every single day in your life. So we're not like looking at instinctually, hey, robotics is also part of the future, then we're missing out. So instinctually, I like to look at like what's happening now. And then I'll think about the future. Okay, well, right now they got robotics, they got AI, you know, they got all this stuff, but they don't have holographic technology and communication, right? They don't have certain things. Uh, yeah, there, there's certain other futuristic uh, technology that doesn't exist right now. So for me as a visionary, I'm constantly like, okay, well, Right now in this time, it's not here, but there will come five, 10, 15 years where this thing will be in, you know, it'll be in 3D reality, it'll exist in the world. So before it exists, can I position myself to benefit from it? Or if not, then okay, what, then what else is coming? And then I kind of move on to the next thing. So instinctually, that's what I do is I look at like what's happening in the market today. And I try to visualize five, 10, 15, 20 years from now, then what's gonna happen. And then that uh, strategy, it allows me to, create businesses or getting involved in businesses and industries that are on the path of growth. I'll say that from the business perspective instinctually, 
And then on the other side, when it comes to basketball, yes, yeah, is you know, it goes back to what Miles Davis, Miles Davis said in that quote: "You train, you work, you work, you work, you work, you work, you work, you work so hard, right, to the point where when you play the game, the game is easy because all the drills you worked on, all the shots you worked on, all the cone drills where you're you know doing the moves against the cones or the chair, it's like when you get into the game and do them, you're gonna see that player react, right, react to the to the to the fake step." And then when you step this way, you're going to see he's, he, he, he comes and he tries to recover. When he recovers, that second move, that combination move you worked on is going to just break him down and you're going to be wide open for the shot. Right. So, um, you know, that can happen or it can happen to where you, you do the fake. He goes for it. You do the second move. He doesn't go for it. And instead of going for the third combo, you now you have to go do a fourth combo. So you got to do the third move and then a fourth move to then fake him out. Right. And so when we when you get to that level, that's when. Um, you're using instincts. You're no longer using the drills that you worked on because you see him counter. So you throw another counter at him and then he's going to go for the, that, that second counter. Now you throw another counter. Right. And then he, he, he he's totally out of it because he didn't plan for the third or the fourth counter. And that's where instinct comes in um, to be able to instinctually recognize, OK, they went for this. So now I got to go give them this. They went left. Now I got to go right. So instinct is super, super important in basketball at a high level because the game moves so fast. You don't have as much time to react. And remember, you know, for the younger players out there, when you get older and, and you play against other guys, they're just as strong as you or stronger. They're just as fast as you or faster. They can jump just as high as you or higher. They can probably they, they're, they probably have better IQ. They probably were you know raised playing basketball from three years old and they always had a coach. So they, they're, they're ahead of you and there's nothing you can do about it except for focus on what you can control within the game. And when you get out of the game, focus on becoming better by practicing, by working hard on your own and doing individual work to improve your game, um, which, which will then improve your instincts as well. And uh, yeah, the main thing is when you're in the game, you got you got to trust your instinct. You got to trust the work that you put in and, and you have to go with your instincts because you don't have as much time to think and process and react. So uh, those are some ways that I use instinct in business and in basketball to help me be successful. Oh, I love it. I love it. There's just so much. That I, so much more that I would love to get your perspective on. But man, uh, we have shared so much for free. I, I got to bring you into the VIP room uh, because my VIPs are going to get um, they're they're going to get a big dose of how you've been able to translate success in one area uh, and that being sports into the mindset that's allowing you to be successful in business. But I don't want to give that away for, for free. So. One thing I would love for you to do, because uh, I, I've got, uh, th there's a kid uh, that I have uh, been mentoring since he was seven or eight years old. He was relatively tall at a, at a young age, and today he's 14 years old, and he's already six, two and a half. He, he's probably going to end up being taller than I am, but I, I won't let him in on that. Uh and he's got a little. He's got a. He's got a little game. He's got a little game. So uh, I'm going to call him out. So, what advice would you give to Vernon Harlan, who is, uh, you know, he's been at this thing for a while. He's got. He's got some skills, and he's been doing the drills. But here's the thing that I often talk to Vernon about. He is very good at working out during practice and he's relatively good at doing the drills 
during practice. And anything that his coach asks him to do during practice, he's good at doing that. Uh, but I, I'm curious, how much better is he ever going to get than his competition if he's only doing what's being asked asked of him to do during practice? What, what What's the significance of putting in extra hours, extra time on your own outside of what others might be doing? What, what's the value of that? Okay. All right. All right, Mr. Vernon. So this is, this is on you. You're on a spotlight right now. So the first thing I'll start with uh, Vernon, 6'2", 14 years old. Wow. Woo. My brother Vernon, I don't know you, but you have the genetics that like you, you've been blessed from God with the genetics. So first and foremost, you must you must take advantage of these genetics. Please, please, please stay focused. Whatever that means, just stay focused. The next thing I the next thing I'll go into is if you are only practicing with the team and you're only practicing with the coach and doing what the coach says and you're doing relatively well in that regard, I'm just gonna tell you straight up, you're gonna suck. Oh no, did he just say that? Yes, you are going to suck. Here is why. You're only going to be as good as the team structure. You're only going to be as good as the team passing you the ball. You're only going to be as good as, as, uh, as your teammate being there behind you. You're only going to be as good as a coach says within the drill. You are never going to develop beyond those drills. You are never going to be able to develop beyond whatever the coach says. You are not going to do it because if you only limit yourself to practicing when the coach says practice, you will suck. And I know you don't like, but I'm doing all the work. I'm working hard. I cook. You will suck. You will suck straight up because the great players are not made when the team is practicing together. The great players are not made when the team is practicing together. The great players are made practicing by themselves. You must practice by yourself. You, so that means giving up. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, Vernon. When I was, um, yeah, sophomore. I was a sophomore. Um, yeah, because I, I, just, I just came from 15 years old. Right. Okay. So, so I was, I was trash. I was trash. When I tell you I was trash, man, I couldn't make a layup. I could, I was, I would do a jump shot and it would bounce off the backboard and come back to me. Like I was that bad. Sometimes I wouldn't even hit the backboard or the rim. I would fall down on my face. I would trip. I was uncoordinated. I was goofy. I was skinny. I was weak. Okay. The only thing I had was my mindset that I'm going to find, I'm going to find a way and fight like hell to figure this thing out. When I was practicing with the team, I sucked. When I tried to do all the teams, I sucked. When I did what the coach told me, I sucked. I was terrible. I was so bad. I was, I, I was embarrassed <laughs> to play basketball. That's how bad I was. But I wanted to be on the team. So you can imagine, like, well, that, dang, you started from that. Yeah, that's how I started, Vernon. But here's what happened. I watched the Michael Jordan DVD um, where he told his story, how he was getting up every morning and he worked out. So I said, well, if this is what the best did and I want to be the best. Duh, copy the best. The best is not in, in team practice because he actually cut, right? So how did he do it? Well, he was up every day. After school, he was practicing. After practice, he was working out. After workout, he went back to practice. So I started waking up every single day, 5, 5.30 a.m., 16 years old. My mom didn't tell me to do this. My dad didn't tell Like, this was me. I did this. And true story, this is 100% true. Like, I can talk to my old high school coach and confirm this, Vernon. I was the worst player on the team, period. I was up every day working out by myself. I would go to the park dribbling with my left hand. I would shoot a couple hundred shots. After that, I walk home, shower. Then I walk to school another 20, 30 minutes, dribbling the ball with my left hand while walking to school. Get to school, walk around school with a basketball in my hand, 
do the stuff, practice all this stuff, go to practice with the team. After practicing with the team was done, I would then go home, change my, do my homework, change my clothes, and then go to the gym, lift weights by myself. And then after that, practice all night until they close the gym. This was my routine. Literally, I went from being the worst player on the team. So within two years, I became the leader, leading scorer, uh, number uh, top leading rebounder. And like, I was like, uh, uh, I, I forgot all the things, but our team, we won a championship that year. We went 26 and five. I led the team um, to, to, to that championship and to that record. Uh, one of the best records that we had in, in yeah, school year and all that good stuff. But at the end of it, I, like I got, I got invited to be in an all-star game and I was in a dunk contest, all this stuff. But it all happened because I decided to put in the work by myself, not with the team, but by myself. And Vernon, this is what happened to me, Vernon. My coach took notice. He said, Mike, what? Dude, you couldn't even dribble, shoot three-pointers or dunk. Now, three months later, you're shooting three-pointers. You're doing step backs. You're doing, you got crossovers and handles. Now you're doing, you're, you're dunking. And you're doing windmills? You're doing 360 dunks now? Oh, no. David, this is a true story. My coach said, everybody, stop. Starting tomorrow morning, we are going to be in here at 6 a.m. doing Michael Baptiste's workout. I swear to God. True story. True story. Like, we was in there every day. And after that, like, our whole team, everybody elevated. Everybody got better. And that's how we went 26 and 5 and became a championship team, you know, because I decided to put in the work individually, solo by myself. And when I started getting breakthrough results, my coach was like, oh, no, the whole team needs to follow you. And they did. And that changed the culture. That changed the entire culture at my high school and, uh, and the way that my coach, you know, integrates practice and work ethic and all this stuff. So I, I wanted to tell you that story, Vernon, so you can hear like, look, you got potential, but if you don't work by yourself, it's not going to go anywhere. And even somebody like myself who I was trash. I wasn't very good, but I put in the work. It changed the culture of my of my high school. It changed the culture of that basketball program and the way that that high school coach coaches students. So I, I'll say, if you really want to be great, that greatness is going to be created in the darkness. When nobody's around. When nobody's clapping for you. Nobody's cheering you on. Nobody's saying good job. Nobody's patting you on the butt. Like no, nobody. Like none of that. That is what's going to make you great. That is where the development take place. That in the darkness, in the darkness, Vernon, that is where you will find your path. So please, no, no more depending on just the coach and the team to get better. You know, I want you to think about that. That's secondary. If you want, really want to get better, the team stuff is secondary. The primary focus must be you. You working out, you working on your game, you working on your weaknesses, you hitting the weight room, right? lifting weights and doing push-ups and squats to, to make yourself stronger. That's what's going to make you great. And you must do it in the darkness by yourself. You can't depend on no trainer. You can't depend on no coach. You can't depend on no one but yourself, meaning that you must be self-motivated. You must be a self-starter. And you, you got to get out there and do it because nobody else will do it for you. And if you just wait on the team, you're only going to be as good as the team. You really want to be great? You should be the one to make the team say, hey, we need to do his workouts. We need to do what he's doing. That's what that's the reaction you want to be creating, Vernon. I love it. I Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That was amazing. Um amazing. I, I got I got I got VIPs waiting on you, man. So we got we're gonna need to toast out of this one. 
so I can bring you into the VIPs while they're still here. They're actually banging on the windows saying, dude, why are you sharing all this with everybody? They didn't pay for this. So uh, ra raise, raise, your, raise your wine and juice. And man, I just want to thank you so much for uh, how you have shared so graciously. I want to thank you so much for uh, what you're doing to live out this destiny that God has placed in you. Uh, because I, I believe that uh, we are all, there's an investment placed in all of us, but we are the ones to decide whether or not there's going to be a return on that investment. So I, I just, I, I'm just so appreciative just to have you uh, on this planet doing what you're doing in the way that you're doing it. So uh, until we can make it to the VIP room, man, cheers. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Hey, it's not too late. Hit that subscribe button so you're sure to catch the next episode. If you're really enjoying the vibe, leave us a review or become a VIP for guests and show exclusives. Cheers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.